It's such a privilege to be able to stand here and stand behind this pulpit and be able to actually preach to you this morning. Uh, from South Osborne, I give our love to you, our family, our Panet family. We, uh, we're in this together with you, with all the building expansion stuff and, and all the different plates that are spinning around various ministries. Uh, we are Gateway Church together. Uh, and uh, one of the things that uh, people have asked me about this change for Norm and I uh, has been, well, Aaron, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to support Norm in, in his role if the congregation is going, yep, this is what we'd like. Um, but it also gives me an opportunity to continue investing and growing in the area of Gateway Central where, um, where we actually share a number of ministries together as Gateway Church. That area has continued to grow, and it's continued to require time and energy and investment. Uh, and uh, this would, this kind of a change up, would al- allow me and other people to kind of make this switch and change. Uh, so we hope that it's it's just moving a piece on the chessboard to a strategic location, uh, and for Norm as well. So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, you can open to Isaiah, the book of I- Isaiah, chapter sixty-one. Again, we're in this series called More Than Conquerors. It's, I, I was laughing because for the first message I get to actually preach here at Panet Road, I get to talk about working through your wounds. A wonderfully edifying topic because this morning I get to talk about everybody's favorite subject, pain. Yeah. You know, life, life's full of pain, isn't it? It's full of suffering. It's full of heartbreak. If you've never experienced this, well, I'm sorry to discourage you, but you probably will at some point in your life. Pain's just, it's part of living in our world. Uh, what a wonderfully encouraging way to start a sermon, isn't it? <laughs> and you're probably going, when is that slide going to change? Well, here's some tremendous truth from the Bible that actually pushes against the reality of our world. And it's what the prophet Isaiah spoke about the Messiah in the Old Testament. And what Jesus actually stood up and read in the synagogue at the start of his earthly ministry as a fulfillment of this prophecy. As a quick little rabbit trail, I think this is so incredible. The theological truth is Jesus is the Word. He's the Word. The Holy Spirit worked through uh, people, to inspire people like the prophet Isaiah and the other biblical writers to write down and share God's word in written form. And then Jesus, who is the word, in the flesh, physically enters into human history as a child and he grows up and at just the right moment, he stands up in his hometown synagogue in Nazareth to declare what he inspired the prophet Isaiah, to write 700 years before. That's amazing to me. The people in that synagogue that day were his family. They were his friends. They were his neighbors. They knew Jesus. Yeah, that's Mary and Joseph's boy, right? But little did they know who was standing in front of them. King Jesus was speaking to them. He was sharing his earthly ministry. And today, we stand in the finished work that Jesus accomplished. His work actually becomes ours. We inherit something that we can share with the world. 
So Isaiah chapter 61, we're going to read, starting in verse 1 to 3. Peter actually already read a couple of these verses this morning. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. It's amazing. King Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. King Jesus, the conquering king, came to set us free in every way possible. And now that, well, you don't look that excited. Are you? Okay, well, it's under the surface. All right. (laughs) Well, now that you're a little bit excited, let's come back to pain and suffering. All right? So around the globe, around the globe, but especially in Western cultures, we tend to do everything that we can to avoid pain. We don't do certain things because it just might bring us pain. We deny pain because, well, we just kind of close our eyes, we stick our fingers in our ears, la, 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 it's not there, right? We try and deny things. People use billions of dollars worth of drugs and alcohol each year, whether it's legal or illegal, to try and medicate or to numb our pain. We do everything that we can to try and escape feeling pain. And I get it. Pain isn't fun. It's not. Like you, I don't regularly get out of bed in the morning and go, huh, wouldn't it be nice to feel a little more pain today? Right? None of us do that. And to help you track along with me this morning, uh, it's not going to be kind of three set points, but you'll see little numbers behind me that will help you track. I'm going to talk about the reality of our wounds. I'm going to talk about the enemy's strategy. I'm going to talk about the truth, the heart of our Heavenly Father, and a bit of God's resume. And so, let's talk about the reality of our wounds. When you and I experience pain, a wound is left behind that needs healing. It's something that's touched us, something that's wounded our heart, our mind, our our body, our spirit. Maybe it's a combination of things. Maybe it's all four at the same time. To To borrow a little bit from our Set Free retreats and the Conquer series that our men are doing on Monday nights, it's been fantastic, by the way. It's been a really good time together. Um, emotional wounds typically come from three sources. The things that people do to us, things that people take from us, and our very own sins. They get in the way. You and I, we were all wounded by the fall with Adam and Eve originally. We've been wounded by our own sin and the sin of others. And here's my choices. I can either get into a process that moves me towards experiencing healing of those wounds, receiving fullness and abundance that comes through meaningful and actually close, intimate relationships with people and Jesus, or I can refuse to experience healing and keep Jesus and people at a distance and try to work it out myself, try to medicate the pain, or some other way. 
The reality is, is when pain comes into your life, you can't deal with it by going around it, over it, under it, denying it. The only way is through. You have to walk through it. And this is a hard truth for lots of people. Especially when you're in a culture like ours that likes to avoid pain. We want an easy fix. We want a pill. We want to feel pleasure and comfort. But another part of this is, if we don't deal with our wounds, our wounds will eventually deal with us if they're not treated. Now, I'm not a professional counselor. But as a pastor, I find myself invited into a very privileged and what I would call a sacred space. Being invited into people's lives when they are in pain and when they're looking for help. There's a number of times in a month where I can feel out of place and even overwhelmed sitting across from somebody going, who am I to speak into this? I have no idea what to say or do. (laughs) True confessions of a pastor. But I know where to go. Perhaps you've felt that way when you've met with friends, friends or family, uh, when they've been experiencing something difficult like a broken marriage, um, an illness like cancer, the loss of a loved one, or maybe rejection. It's in moments like those that I just have to stop and I have to cry out to the Lord and say, Jesus, healer of all wounds, We need you. Holy Spirit, the great helper, we need your power. We need you to bring revelation and understanding. Abba, Father, we need your grace to flow. We need to feel your never-ending love here right now. Lord, we need you to help us find a way through together. And it's in those kinds of prayers time and again that the Lord has answered that prayer. And he's actually caused a shift to occur in someone's life and healing starts to flow and move a little closer down through the tunnel towards the light. You see, each one of us is actually on a healing journey. None of us are left out. And it's a process. It's not actually a destination. Whether you know Jesus or not, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Period. He's the way through. And the sooner we actually realize this truth, the sooner we will find true support and strength for the journey. And that's why I entitled the sermon today, Working Through Your Wounds. Because dealing with your wounds actually takes work. Jesus and his grace can heal us of so many things in an instant. But it's part of our responsibility of walking with Jesus in our day-to-day lives as a Christ follower to walk through these things with him. And Jesus died to make you and me more than conquerors. He made a way through. And this is where we need to see the enemy's strategy. You see, our wounds create an intimacy problem. I'll say that one more time. Our wounds create an intimacy problem. And the enemy uses that, loves to exploit that. When you and I are wounded, it's it's natural for us to just withdraw from life. Try to find our bearings a little bit more. But our wounds hurt. (laughs) 
whether we react in a godly way or whether we act in an ungodly way, because they're wounds, after all. They hurt. However, the enemy loves to use how we react and respond when we're wounded as an opportunity to sow lies and to disconnect you and me from relationships. You know, a key strategy that the devil has been using for thousands of years to discourage and to disconnect the saints from dealing with their wounds, you know what it is? It's isolation. Isolation. He works to separate you from all the good supports in your life, Jesus included, who is the best support, and he gets you to believe the lie, I am alone. I must be the only one who struggles with this. Nobody knows what I'm going through. I guess I need to do this all by myself. See, the devil doesn't play fair. He never does and never will. And he works to get you disconnected from relationships to people and ultimately disconnected from Jesus. That's his goal. But the truth is, Jesus has promised to never leave you, to never forsake you. And that kind of truth, that ultimate truth that you see behind me, that is how you take back ground that the enemy tries to steal. It's with the truth. Even if there isn't a single person left in your life, and it's a constant struggle every single day, you have Jesus. Keep inviting him in to displace the darkness that wants to consume the light. Keep asking Jesus to give you the strength to keep reaching out for help again and again until you find it. I say until you find it because often I hear people, they'll say, well, I tried to talk to my friend, but they were, it didn't really work. And so what else did you do? Well, then I just got stopped, I got discouraged, and I didn't do anything else about it. No, don't do that. Don't give in to that. Sometimes it is hard to roll over and get out of bed in the morning. There are places that we find ourselves that are very difficult, but you can always cling to King Jesus and say, Jesus, this morning I don't have anything. Would you, would you give me your smile? Whatever that is, just I need a little something so I can break out of where I am to keep reaching out until I find what it is that I need. Um, a couple of weeks ago, when I was in one of the, our Conquer Series uh, events with our guys over at our South Osborne campus, I was sitting in one of the rows watching the video series that we're watching. Uh, and he, the, the presenter was talking about wounds. Things that are often rooted in our past. Things that we sometimes don't even know are there. And I was just, you know those events that you go to, and sometimes as a pastor we go, hey, I don't, have to, I don't have to lead anything. I can actually just sit here and enjoy and be able to take in what I'm getting. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, bam, the Holy Spirit just, I don't know what, it, it was just a revelation. The lights went on in my, in my mind and in my spirit. The Holy Spirit went, see, here's one. Here's a wound. And I, w- I was so surprised because it was something in an area of my life 
You know how when you're going through your life in your day, and you've got little temptations that come here and there, and you feel like this little nattering of things that are kind of around you, and you know you can kind of push them away, but sometimes they get more and more and more and more until you finally give in to something. You know you shouldn't, but you, you tip into it anyway. And I was in a season where I found like that nattering was starting to get a little bit louder. And what the Holy Spirit said was, here's an area in your life. It had to do with my past with growing up in my household. In my household, my dad d- didn't know Jesus. Uh, not until he was much later, later on in his life. Uh, he supported us, supported me and my mom and my sister. But uh, there was no faith journey for him. So I didn't have a spiritual father in the home. I had other people who I connected with. But for whatever reason, I had, and this is what surprised me. I was like, Lord, I know that I've walked through some of the woundings and things that have happened in the past. And he goes, yeah, but there's one more. There's one more. And it had to do with exactly what I'm talking about this morning. When I said, Lord Jesus, what is it that I need to see? Would you open my eyes? He said, because of the lack of support that you had, you felt alone. And you believed you were alone. And you've never confessed that to me before. Wow. I'd never seen it over all these years. I'd never seen it. Thank the Lord for his mercy and his kindness. Immediately, I said, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry. Please forgive me for believing that. The truth is, I'm not alone. You're with me. You've never left me. You've always been by my side. I've seen miracle after miracle. I've seen my faith grow. I've seen you transform my life and the other people that are around me. The truth is, I am not alone. And you know what happened as that broke over my life, the last couple of weeks, whenever that nattering starts to come, whenever those temptations start to just kind of poke at you, I've just said, in the name of Jesus, I am not alone. And it's dispersed. I haven't had to deal with it. Jesus has come in and taken it. That's just a corner. That's just a slice of the pie of just a corner of my life. You've got your own story. You've got your own way that you've encountered Jesus in the midst of your wounds. But don't fall into the enemy's strategy of getting isolated. You are not alone. I want to talk about the truth of the heart of God. A few weeks ago, Pastor Norm was here too. And he preached the truth that through Christ's death and his resurrection that we've been given the grace and the capacity to live a life of wholeness, freedom, victory. Jesus has made a way. (laughs) Oh, you're there. Good. You're there. (laughs) Yeah, Jesus has made a way through our pain possible. Because of what Jesus has done, you and I have received a tremendous gift. We've been given a way to actually heal and to deal with the pain and wounds that we receive doesn't mean that we won't have scars, but it means that we can find deep and satisfying healing. It means having peace, even when there are things that are still difficult and unresolved. It's a healing that allows us to continue life's journey with all of its complicated layers towards greater hope, faith, fruitfulness, and joy. If you want more of that kind of life, stick with Jesus. He'll get you there. 
He'll get you there if you give him the driver's seat and let him take you there. I want to read something from Psalm 103 that describes our Heavenly Father. I want us to see how the songwriter, the psalmist, is declaring and reminding us of who the Lord is, what the truth is. And it says this, starting in verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all, 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 I haven't, I haven't, I haven't stuttered, all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. That sounds to me like someone who's trying to remind us where our help truly comes from. What's the heart of our Heavenly Father towards us? He's saying, praise God. Don't forget people. God forgives. He heals. He lifts us up from dark places. He extends his love and his mercy. He satisfies our souls. And behind those tremendous truths lies a question that this songwriter, this psalmist would have needed to answer before being able to actually honestly pen these words of praise and worship from their heart. And it's a question so absolutely fundamental to dealing with life's wounds that how you answer this question will determine how far and how deep you will go with Jesus on your healing journey. Now that I've piqued your interest a little bit, I'm going to delay. <laughs> See, every human being needs to settle and answer a primary question. It needs to be asked before the one that I'm going to share with you. And it's this. It can be said in many different ways. Is there a God? And if it's Jesus, what does that mean for me? Well, I'll tell you the answer. Yes, there is a God. And his name is Jesus. He is meant to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Hmm. You know, in the South, a couple of weeks ago, we had three young people that were getting baptized. One of them was especially precious because it was my oldest daughter. I got a chance to baptize her. Very special. And in that moment, they were declaring to everybody in that place, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. He has purchased me. Through his death and resurrection, I can have life. I can be with Jesus, and I want to publicly say that I want to follow him all the days of my life. And if that's you, you have answered this first question. God sent his son into the world so that we could have a relationship with him. We needed a way made for us. You were designed for a purpose, to be part of God's family. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, Jesus paid the price of our sins that were counted against each and every one of us. He made a way of escape for us from sin's curse of death. Jesus, who is God, made a way for each one of us to be saved from the consequences of sin so that we could find new life and wholeness with him. And if you've never settled the answer to that first question, 
You can today. And this relationship starts with Jesus and a simple prayer of faith. But let's come back to this second question, the other question that's key to our healing. As followers of Jesus in his way, while we can believe that God created the universe, he watches over us, we can believe, may not like it all the time, that he's in charge, that he's in control of everything. We can believe he's the final authority. He's the one who sustains all things and we're meant to love and worship and to serve him. We can even believe that he has a plan for our lives. But there's a question that needs an answer firmly settled in our heart. And it's three simple words of the question mark at the end. It's, is God good? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, it's you know it. God is good. We've been singing about that this morning already. Mary, thank you so much for the song selection you had this morning. It, you, it, it spoke the message already, which is wonderful to engage with. This is not a question that you can answer with your head. Sure, Aaron, I know God's good. This is something that you have to answer from a deep place of faith inside your heart. I said in the first service, you have to know it in your knower. God might be sovereign over all things, but do you believe that he loves you with an everlasting love and is truly good all the time? If your heart honestly answers, yes, then even when it feels painful and difficult to do so, you will work towards trusting and inviting Jesus into every corner of your life to bring healing and wholeness. Why? Because you believe that no matter how bad things get, that the path that Jesus is leading you on, the story that he is writing for your life is actually the best one. And he's ultimately going to be working for your good and for his glory. You know that Jesus loves you and you trust that he's going to get you to the other side, even if you don't understand it all along the way. If you're here today and your honest answer is no, I don't believe God's good. Well, thank you for being honest. I need to let you know that if that's your answer, then you will keep Jesus at a distance. And you will continue to try and heal your wounds on your own. Ultimately, if God is not good, you won't trust Jesus with your life. Why would you? Right? I wouldn't either. Chances are good. We like that he saved us, but we'd rather that Jesus kind of minded his own business with this particular corner of my life. There's plenty of things that help to keep Jesus out. You might be angry or offended with God. Uh, maybe you're fearful of what will actually happen if you let him into that place where it's hurting a lot. Uh, maybe you don't even know where your wounds are. Maybe you're, we're sitting, you know, like I was the other day, and all of a sudden you got touched by something. And you're going, Holy Spirit, what's going to happen if I invite you into this area? Uh, and it's, things start to get brought to the surface. I don't know what's there. Well, can I share God's resume with you? A little bit, a little corner to encourage you with, to remind you of who Jesus is, who our God is. Psalm 34 says, The Lord is 
near to the brokenhearted. He saves, he lifts up those whose spirits have been crushed. Psalm 147, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Psalm 145, the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to who? To all. And his mercy is over all that he has made. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Romans 8, And we know that for those who love God, All things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And in the first chapter of Philippians, it says, Paul writes, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. It's the truth. Here is what I want you to understand as the bedrock foundational truth. When you, as a Jesus follower, rise up in faith to trust Jesus to walk you through life's wounds. The first thing is, Jesus is king. The God who is sovereignly in control of all things, he loves you. And he has a good plan and a good purpose for your life no matter how difficult it might feel right now. Second, God is good. He's completely trustworthy. He wants to be invited in. He wants to be a part of your healing journey. Invite him into everything. And third, you are loved. The Lord is absolutely committed to seeing Christ formed in you. Absolutely committed to it. And he will do whatever it takes to help you become and look more like his son Jesus. And what the Lord transforms is glorious. It's beautiful. There are trophies of grace in here today. You know exactly who you are. You know what Jesus has lifted you out of. You know that your life does not look like it did a year ago. Jesus has been working. While many of our deepest wounds, they're rooted in our past, I actually don't encourage people to go digging into their past on their own or without the help, help of the Holy Spirit. See, we need the Holy Spirit's help. That's one of the reasons we have set free weekends Hearing God's seminars, they're they're so vital in actually teaching us and helping us to grow in our walk with Jesus. You see, with the Holy Spirit's help, if we have the tools to understand how to keep cleaning the junk out of our lives, every one of us has got a pile. Me too. And we're in the process of dealing with it with the Lord. If we have the tools to be able to walk with the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden our pile just keeps going down, going down, going down. And our intimacy with the Lord and with others actually increases. 
And if we can hear God speaking into our lives, it's actually easier for us to find our way through the challenges with faith and with trust. And guess what happens? Our intimacy with God and with others increases. To me, it's win-win. It's a no-brainer. Easier said than done, admittedly. Sometimes we need the experience or an expertise of a trained counselor or a therapist. Sometimes we need a pastor's perspective. Sometimes we need a Stephen minister. Sometimes we just need to push past our isolation and pick up the phone, dial on our cell phone and call a brother or sister in Christ that we know is going to push us into Jesus and to pray for us. Other times we actually need to get alone with Jesus, spend time with him in the word and in prayer. Some of the deepest moments of healing I've found in my life have been when I've taken time to be alone with Jesus. Whatever the case, you and I were not Designed to be the walking wounded. We're not designed to be the walking wounded. Jesus is our healer. He was wounded on our behalf so that we could have the abundant life of Christ at work within us, no matter the circumstance. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life And have it abundantly, to the full, to completeness. And the wounded healer, Jesus, is here today by his spirit. And if you walk with him, at his speed, not your speed. And if you walk in his way, not your way. Jesus will heal and set you free. He will. We may never understand why we carry some of the stuff that we do until we actually see Jesus face to face. Some questions just don't get answered in the here and now. But keep trusting Jesus with your whole life. He's promised to never leave you, to never forsake you. He's good, and He will get you to where He wants you to be because you're loved. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your great, never-ending, eternal love for us. Lord, thank you that Jesus has made a way where there was no way. Lord, thank you that by your Holy Spirit, you can meet with us in the darkest of places. The light can never be extinguished. Lord, I pray for each person here today, whether they're dealing with something huge or just something that they know that they haven't dealt with yet and they need to get to it. Lord, would you help us to invite you in and to trust you with our lives? Would you help us on this healing journey that we're on to move from woundedness to intimacy and healing? Lord, thank you that you are with us that you will never leave us, that we are not alone. We bless the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.